Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to a very special episode of the Empire Podcast. This one is dedicated to the LFF. You ask for miracles, Theo, I give you the LFF. What is the LFF, you may cry? It is, of course, the London Film Festival, which is on right now as we speak. It started on Wednesday, October 4th. It ends on the 15th of October. And as ever, Empire is embedded deep within the LFF, dug in like an Alabama tick. And there is so much to talk about with this this year's film festival. It is truly, truly exciting. It's one of the world's great film festivals. And I've assembled an incredible panel of Empire journalists who were available uh, to come and talk about the LFF <laughs> and how excited they are about this year's LFF. Beth Webb is here. Hello. All right. <laughs> yes, I'm good, Beth Webb. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. All right. LF Beth, I've called myself on the... LF Beth <laughs> on Squadcast, yes. Uh, next up is a man whose Squadcast name is simply The Movies. That's how much the LFF means to him. It's Finn Diesel. Yes. Uh, it's Ben Travis. My plea for there to be a specific Vin Diesel strand of the LFF has once again fallen on deaf ears, but I'm going to try again next year. We will have, uh, you have your cult strand, you have your galas, you have your Vin Diesel strand. It's got to happen. <laughs> Vin Diesel, he he's all the food groups, isn't he? In one. All the cinematic food groups. All the food groups. groups of cinema. He contains multitudes. He really does. He he really does. He really does. Uh, last but not least is someone whose squadcast name is simply Sophie. And you may <laughs> think that's because she gave up and had no inspiration. But I think it's actually a kind of interesting attempt to saying Sophia, Sophia Coppola, director of yeah. Priscilla. It was a play on Priscilla. That's exactly what it mm. was. Sophie Butcher. Hello. Welcome. Hello, hello. I'm wishing I'd gone for chicken run call on Dawn of the Sophie now. (laughs) Dawn of the Butcher, more like. Dawn of the... Oh, no. (laughs) Could I suggest Butchers of the Flower Moon? Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's a real missed opportunity from me there. We may have to send this one to VAR. Anyway, listen, (laughs) before we get into the LFF, uh, let's hear from a couple of the directors who are actually part of the LFF this year, who have films playing at the LFF. First up, you're going to hear from Michael Winterbottom, the legendary British director who returns to the big screen with Shosanna, which is a drama set in 1930s Tel Aviv. Uh, And then after Michael Winterbottom, you're going to hear from first-time director Randall Park, whose film Shortcomings is also playing at the LFF. But he, of course, you will know him as an actor. He's been in many, many things, including, of course, our beloved MCU as Jimmy Woo. Uh, But first up, you're going to hear from Michael Winterbottom, talking about Shosanna, but also talking about the London Film Festival in general. Enjoy. We're delighted to be joined on this Empire Podcast LFF special by Michael Winterbottom, the director of Shoshana. How are you, sir? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Uh, it's, it's, we're in the middle of the LFF frenzy, and that's where, where I want to start. Uh, this, this festival in particular, what does it mean to you? Because film festivals are hugely important. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, film festivals are very important. I don't really have anything interesting to say because the way all the platitudes, <laughs> all the platitudes are true. Because it is, you know, obviously, you say you know, whenever you go to any film festival, they ask you, "What do you think about this festival?" And what you say is, "It's really important. It's great. It's really important for independent cinema. It's great to have an enthusiastic audience. It's great for audiences to see films from around the world." All those platitudes are true, but everyone says them at every festival, so it's probably, <laughs> probably not worth repeating. <laughs> well, they were done. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> 
That is all very, very true. That that is that's for sure. But uh, but does the LFF mean something? I imagine you've had a lot of movies at this at the LFF over the years. Yeah, I mean, I look. First of all, I started going to the LFF before I'd made films, so it was like then it was like a great way of watching films and sort of you know f- feeling a little bit closer to, to people who made films. And then I think we really went with the very year after I came out of college, I edited a friend's film, a friend called Mark Evans, and he had a, like a 40 minute film shown at the London Film Festival. So I think to be honest, that was the, probably the most exciting time was when I'd edited a short film that was shown at the film festival. It was the time I was most excited to be at the London Film Festival. <laughs> you had the sense of pride. Yeah, yeah but... since then, yeah, I've had the pleasure of sharing stage with Boris Johnson when he was mayor of London, introducing our film as, as his pick of London film. So yeah, but the, you know, London's great. Obviously it's local, it's, you know, our local film festival so it's great in that sense what was that uh, experience like the boris johnson experience fortunately i've managed to block most of it from my mind <laughs> uh yeah surreal i can imagine but the, I, I think one of the things that sets the lff apart you hear these stories of people going to venice and toronto and and can and having eight ten twelve minute standing ovations we're far too british for that michael <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that, yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm, I'm obviously hoping that Shoshana's going to get a 10 minute standing ovation on, on Saturday. <laughs> this is a, a film, eventually, you get this film off the ground. Is a, would you consider a largely British film or in, in terms of financing? No, weirdly, it's an Italian film. It's, it's technically a co production, but it's Italian finance. And uh, so, so it was. Sort of bizarre, but anyway, that's the way. And we shot it, although it's set in Tel Aviv, we shot in Italy. So does that mean on Saturday night at the LFF, this is going out after that, but you will be joined by your cast? Because obviously uh, American productions and American co-founder productions can't do that at the moment. So No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're British. I, I think take away UK Italy co-production, so we're not party to any disputes. So when we went to Toronto, uh, yeah, Douglas was there and Irina, who plays Shoshana, was there. And uh, I think on Saturday we'll have Douglas and Harry and possibly Ian Hart. I'm not sure, quite sure about Ian Hart. All right. Well, uh, Michael, I'll let you uh, go off and prepare for tomorrow night at the LFF. Uh, do you have a, Do you have a routine now at the LFF? How do you How do you get through the the gala experience? No, I think we're going to meet. For, I think we're going to meet for a few drinks first, and then and then turn up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah, yeah That's it. Yeah. Well, hopefully, there's a ten minute standing ovation coming your way. Michael Winterbottom. Pleasure as always. Thank you, man. Thank you. Okay, so that was Michael Winterbottom. Next up, here is Randall Park. Enjoy. Randall Park, uh, welcome. I was going to say welcome to the London Film Festival, but you're in Los Angeles having your own offshoot film festival going right now. Yeah, my own personal uh, uh, film festival here in LA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but still, we're very, very excited. I mean, Shortcomings is tremendous. And uh, this is a, a film that began its journey at a film festival for you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, we uh, got into the Sundance Film Festival, and uh, uh, which was uh, a, a goal of ours, but one that you know, I mean, just the chances were were you know, I knew that I knew how many films they that get submitted, and 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 how difficult it is to get in. So it was one of those. Yeah, yeah, you know, that would be great, but let's let's plan for something else. And then uh, uh, and then we got in, and it, it was amazing. So with the London Film Festival, obviously you're not here, but is it something that you've experienced before? The London Film? No, I haven't. I haven't, which is why I'm so bummed to not be out there. 
but I've heard such lovely things and uh, and was very uh, very touched to to have our our film screen there. What does it mean to a to a film to a debut film first of all, but also a, a film that is on the on the lower spectrum of the of the budget scale? I, I would say to to get out there and yeah. into into film festivals. Well, I think that uh, you know that that that's really it in a lot of ways. I feel like the film festivals allow uh, uh, films like ours a, a chance, you know, a chance to get seen, to get embraced, to get acquired, you know, uh, uh, to to have a story like ours, which was never going to be funded by, by a major studio. It just uh, is very... Uh, uh, challenging type of movie to get made in these times. Uh, uh, so it's truly a, a passion project in a lot of ways for for a lot of us, myself uh, included, and especially. And um, uh, so to be able to uh, premiere at a major film festival, but also to be able to be embraced by by so many film festivals, it, it, it allows us a chance to, to be seen. And to be, uh, you know, to get written about, and to 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 uh, uh, to to help us get the word out, and 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 it also offers this this sense of legitimacy. You know, oh gosh, we're at the London Film Festival. This is this is a this is a uh, this means that we're doing something good. <laughs> you're doing all right. Uh, and the festival experience for you, obviously, you're not going to have that experience this weekend at the at the LFF, but. What is it like as a director going there? I, I imagine it's very different from, or well, maybe it isn't, maybe it's exactly the same, but as going to a festival as an actor. Uh, well, you know, it, it, I, I hadn't been to too many film festivals, film festivals as an actor. Uh, so for me, a lot of it was, was very new. Uh, 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 but it was really, really just uh, the, the festivals that we've gone to with shortcomings have, have all been really uh, uh just so fun and so uh, 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 heartening in a lot of ways. Just to meet other filmmakers, other other folks who've been through something a similar process, uh, people who 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 have made films that they're they're super passionate about, and and that may may not have been uh, embraced by by any sort of studio system. It it. it uh, but because uh, of that passion to tell the story, uh, uh, that shared passion, there is this kind of immediate uh, camaraderie uh, with other filmmakers, and then also, you know, the the um, festival goers who are who are most of them are there because they love film, and uh, uh, to be able to to have these audiences uh, watch your film is just a very special, very special experience. Uh, do those conversations lead anywhere? Have you? talked to you know you obviously don't have to tell me which projects but are you do you collaborate with other filmmakers as a result of those little chats at the sundance bar you know at a bar in sundance at three in the morning <laughs> uh nothing nothing like s- s- solid but definitely uh the, you know relationships have been formed and friendships have been formed and uh and those are often like the you know the start of, of really great things so so i wouldn't be surprised if uh if if some some projects years from now uh, uh come about because of the seed that was planted during uh these great film festivals <laughs> and you go that's it that's my film festival baby right there yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be back at the LFF in a, in a couple of years' time as well with your film festival baby, and we can we can have a chat then as well. 
That's right. <laughs> Amazing. Randall Park, thank you so much indeed. Of course. Thank you, Chris. Okay, so that was Randall Park. And now it's time for us to have a quick chat about the LFF. Guys, obviously the LFF's been going on for quite some time. What was your first LFF? What, what do you remember? What are your memories of the LFF? Oh my goodness. Well, this betrays my age a little bit, but I remember when I used to do film blogging and I used to do a lot of red carpet, kind of press pens. <laughs> and I remember one of the first, I can't remember what the film was, but my first LFF party was a film that starred Chris O'Dowd. And he was traveling and it's something to do. There was like a girl band yes. who yes, were like right. the Supremes. Chris, I knew you'd know this. Who, what yeah. was the film? The, the, the Sapphires? The Sapphires? That was it. And then I went to the, the after party and he was singing with this kind of Supreme style band up on stage. This like um, kind of Motown song. And I remember it being really surreal. Um, but <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm an LFF vet. I've done, I've done many, a, um, many a press pen. Or my favorite press pen memory was feeding Shelto Copley's pecs. <laughs> um, for free fire I was doing like the rounds and um, I was talking to Charlotte Copley I'd already spoken to Michael Smiley and then Michael Smiley just came back started cuddling Charlotte Copley while I was speaking to him and then just reached over took my hand and put it I'm, I'm gesturing this isn't good for the podcast just slowly put it on Charlotte Copley's very very hard pack um, <laughs> there's a picture of it somewhere <laughs> so that was like undoubtedly my most bizarre red carpet a pen moment was feeling Charlotte Copley's peck. Chris's face has just kind of gone in on itself. I can't, <laughs> I can't get over that. How does that? How is that? How does that feel? What? Do you, do you need to talk to Pecs? someone? Do you need a final complaint? I mean, what's going on? It here? was. It was completely consensual. I was just. I was beside myself. I was laughing so much, and they were having a big cuddle. And um, yeah, he just just gently placed my hand on on Charlie Copley's peck, and it was. Um, it was just the funniest thing, and it was a really hard peck. I was surprised. Like Charlie Copley doesn't need to be hench, does he? He doesn't need to be. Who knew? No. Definitely not Charlie Copley. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever felt someone's pecs. (laughs) Certainly not in the line of duty. That's interesting. Wow, blimey. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) Yes, I beat that. (laughs) But Beth, don't worry about your age, because whenever I first started covering the LFF, it was in the old-timey days when you used to see a film, then you had to run out into the foyer and and cram yourself into phone booths and then call it in (laughs) using those little rotary phones. You go, I got a hot scoop. Psycho! <laughs> Stick around for the shower sequence. It's going to be amazing. Now, I've been covering the LFF for a long, long, t- long, long time. We mm. used to do Fiddy Bloggisodes dedicated to the LFF. Uh, Sam Toy and I used to do daily Fiddy Bloggisodes. We did some of our most deranged work. There, uh, there was one where we did a stop motion Damon Wise. Uh, because it was the fantastic Mr. Fox, we did the fantastic Mr. Fox premiere, and uh, therefore I, I we did a very very rudimentary stop motion introduction to that, where I was it was basically a John Barrowman action figure that we were <laughs> animating to make oh it look God. like it was me, um, <laughs> and we did we did one we did one. Oh my god! I can't. I can't believe we did this. We we did one once where we we presented our LFF coverage the next day as if it were a documentary in which it was revealed now bear with me here stay with me here in which it was revealed that the LFF wasn't real and that I was actually an actor playing every person at the LFF and we went and we shot something on a green screen with, 
with me with a with a suit with all the balls on it, and you know, and, and I was pretending to be Maggie Smith or something like that. Oh my so, god! <laughs> absolutely what, deranged. What budget um, did Empire used to have? Yeah. How, when did we have a green screen? <laughs> we had we had no budget, uh, but I've been covering it for for a long time. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Scary, uh, but Ben and Sophie are, are younger. You're Barons. You have just you've just woken up. The world has just has just kissed you for the first time with sunlight. You open your eyes and you see stretching before you the London Film Festival. What are your What are your first memories? I haven't been in the game as long as either of you do. Um, I first, my first man and boy. My first LFF was actually a virtual one in 2020 during lockdown. because uh, um, I was trying to freelance um as a film journalist and um because of covid obviously lff went online and it became much more accessible to me as someone who lived in the northeast and Mm. couldn't afford to come down to london and stay for two weeks so i managed to get accreditation and um watched a ton of films um online i i put in like holiday from my job and watched all the films that i could i watched um I watched Relic, I watched Possessor, I watched Supernova. Mm. Um, I think that was the year of Steve McQueen's um, Small Axe and um, Kajillionaire and all these films. And um, Shirley as well, that was a good one. And so, yeah, I watched a ton of stuff online. So I didn't get to have that in-person film festival experience at first. But got to watch a lot of stuff ahead of time. It was my first big experience of doing that. I'd been to Glasgow Film Festival that year, but London was kind of a step up. And um, yeah, so it kind of uh, it was a it was a huge help for me in finding freelance work and um, getting to be at Empire eventually. And then yeah, last year I went along a little bit and did some queuing, some real life queuing. Um, but I think this year is probably the time that I'm going to see the more stuff in person. So it's only my third one. Very exciting. Do you remember the lockdown? <sighs> surreal. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though, that was the silver lining in terms of like accessibility yeah. and things. Was it really was a great way mm. for people outside of London to to see those films? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It was not a chance I'd have been able to do half the stuff I did um, if it hadn't been for lockdown. Yeah. Benjamin. Yeah, I haven't done a huge amount of LFF stuff in the past, largely because so much of it is through the day, especially the press and industry screenings are very early in the morning or through into kind of work time, basically. I'm I'm doing my job. I'm, I'm busy writing about the films that I don't have time to see. But I've had a couple of amazing LFF screening uh, memories. I saw um, a few things that then either went straight to streaming or it was a chance to see something on the big screen. I saw Ben Wheatley's Colin Bursted a few years back and that was such a joy to watch oh, yeah. on the big screen. And yeah. I mean, great that everybody could see it in such a, an open way, but it went pretty much straight to the BBC iPlayer, I think. Yes, it did. And there it still lives. Yeah, it's still on there. It's a great film. Uh, that was a really good one to see on the big screen. The other one is that Sophie and I last year saw Rob Savage's dash cam. Uh, with a sold out oh, crowd at the Prince Charles Cinema of just like hopped up horror nerds watching this really gleefully nasty 70 minute thrill ride, really fucked up horror movie. It was just that kind of screening is completely what I live for. And I love that film festivals, including the LFF, 
really mix up the kind of prestige galas and heavyweight Oscar-leaning dramas with just like, here's some really scuzzy stuff and we're going to show it in the Prince Charles. And uh, yeah, the atmosphere in that room was just incredible. And yeah, seeing Dashcam with a big group of people is exactly how it was meant to be seen. So yeah, I really, really treasure that screening. And uh, yeah, that was an LFF one last year. I think that was actually the year before, Ben. It was 2021. What year is this? What? what? <laughs> I think it's 2023. So that was 2021. That's gone fast. You've caught me in the moment that I've suddenly realised it's not actually 2022. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's focus on... Hang on, let me just Google it. 2023. <laughs> there's, a, there's quite a number of bangers this year, quite a number oh, yeah. of big name directors, quite a number of uh, great first time directors, great number of British films. Um, mm. Let's pick out a couple of films each that we're all very, very excited about. Uh, let's go in reverse order of the people who just spoke. Ben, let's start with you again. Okay, well, obviously I'm going to lean towards some of the animated stuff and we have to talk about The Boy and the Heron, uh, which... I've I've seen it already. I saw it in Toronto and it is incredible. But for this to be at the LFF is a huge deal. This is the new Studio Ghibli movie, the comeback of Hayao Miyazaki 10 years after The Wind Rises. He was once again meant to retire. He once again refused to do so and just kept working. And uh, yeah, his latest film is another big, fantastical epic. They released it in Japan this summer with no trailers, no advanced imagery, just a poster with a sort of sketchy image of a heron on it and then it's showed a couple of festivals since then but this is its debut in the UK this is the first chance that UK audiences are going to get to see a brand new Studio Ghibli movie from Hayao Miyazaki with new music by Joe Hisaishi that is an incredible thing the film is really good and there's a couple of screenings of it at the Royal Festival Hall so that is an absolutely huge one. I know Beth you're a massive Ghibli fan as well right? Absolutely I saw Joe Hisaishi at Wembley a few weeks ago and he played uh, one song from The Boy and the Heron and it just brought the whole house down so yeah I am I am absolutely desperate to see that. Um, definitely in a big wonderful festival setting as well with lots of other big film nerds which is what LFF is is so good at doing it's just sort of drawing in the best of them for these big lovely exciting previews you know it's there's such mm. an extra thrill to I mean I know it's part of our jobs but it's never lost on me that we get to see these things early and it's nice to get to see it but when we do and I you know cry me a river here but when we do see it it's usually sat next to you guys with about four other people being able to see this you know in a big festival setting with a big lovely community around you much as i you know appreciated lockdown lff and and what i was able to do there's just something so wonderful about that that live experience so yeah i'm so excited to get the boy in the heron in with all my my ghibli nerds (laughs) who's next who wants to who wants to recommend something next i would like to recommend um hitman which is a new richard linklater film yes starring also written alongside Glenn Powell of yes. uh, Top Gun Maverick and Set It Up and other stuff. Everybody wants some fame. Everybody wants some and uh, yeah. Apollo Apollo Ten and a Half. So he and Link later go together like links and laters. Mm, I don't know. Very Schools much so. and rocks. I don't know. <laughs> um, and it also stars Adria Arjona from Andor, and it's about a guy who um 
is kind of like a nerdy sort of he's a philosophy professor i think and also works with electronics with the police um for he works uh, he like creates technology that bugs conversations when people try and elicit a hitman on someone and uh, convicts them. So, but he ends up pretending to be the hitman that people are trying to commission. And um, it's I've seen it already, and it is such such good fun. I haven't stopped thinking about it since I saw it. I want to see it immediately again. Um, Glenn Powell is such a star. He mm-hmm. has he gets to show such range in this because of kind of the plot and like this kind of acting role that he's doing as a character um it's tons of fun it's very thrilling it's really sort of sexy it's um probably the one of my top films of the year i'm gonna say i'm not sure if it's actually out this year or if it's out next year yeah it's on netflix so netflix have snapped oh, it up oh yeah it's netflix yeah, yeah yeah this year yeah i'm very excited about this i have yeah, to say too. i haven't seen it yet but uh glenn powell is the real deal I'm very much hoping that the actor strike will have ended by the time mm. that this movie comes out because I need to have closure on my Glenn Powell high five horror show, uh, which was, <gasps> uh, no. uh, this is the sort of thing that keeps me awake at night. It's completely inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. But uh, we did, there was whenever everybody wants some came out, the, uh, the, the company, the PR company put on a film quiz and they invited loads of people like they invited Empire and um, that other magazine that is dedicated to film in its totality you know i i don't know what it's called but you know there are there are other magazines <laughs> that are dedicated to covering film and they what they did was they would stick cast members on each of the teams and they stuck glenn powell on the empire team oh and at one God. point at one point he and i teamed up to come up with an amazing answer and Glenn Powell put up both of his hands to high five me across the table and i just went and I lifted my hands and I did an air high five, which is the lamest air high five oh, you will Chris. ever see. And you could just see, <laughs> you could just see the disappointment in his face. And he was like, no, 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 you need to do a real high five. And I was just like, uh, and Why? the opportunity to high 10. I'm so terrible. I'm so terrible at handshakes. I'm so terrible at handshakes. That wasn't I'm, a handshake. That was a double high five. <laughs> I, there was no shaking I did, involved. I didn't. I thought it was you just put cool. your hands in the air. There was some shaking. Chris was absolutely trembling. Uh, in that moment, I could see Glenn Powell, who previously had thought I was a cool guy. You could see that he was thinking, "Are we best friends?" <laughs> and and in that moment, he just uh, thought, "No, dickhead." Oh, Chris, you have to quit. You have to- <laughs> Like, you have, this is the end, I think. Yeah, that's that's shocking. You've got to resign. <laughs> We're calling for an empire reshuffle. <laughs> I want your badge and I want your gun. That is uh, that is that is some shocking behaviour. <laughs> Chris, you just got to put your hands in the air. Like you just don't care. <laughs> like you just don't, like you just don't care. <laughs> I'm, you so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hitman, Chris, you couldn't have been there with them. I know. You could have been his I'm best so sorry. Friend. I'd like to issue a formal apology to Glenn Powell and, <laughs> and, and in fact to other people whose handshakes I've mangled over the years, including <laughs> but not restricted to Adam McKay, Nicole Kidman, and Nicholas Holt. I apologise. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm British. <laughs> Do you know what? I like someone who owns their mistakes, so you can stay. (laughs) That was a a roller coaster ride. (laughs) I'm back in the game. I'm back in the game. Uh, (laughs) Anything else? Anything else you wanna you wanna recommend to people? So yeah, I'm gonna be a shill for the the magazine that we all work for. Um, So every year, as part of the festival, we get to do a gala screening, don't we? So we get to sponsor a a film. 
And this year, I am just so thrilled that we uh, are putting on a, a British debut called How to Have Sex. Um, it is by an amazing new filmmaker called Molly Manning Walker from London. And it is... That's her full name. Molly Manning Walker from London. <laughs> from London. <laughs> Manning Manning Walker from London. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I know you're doing the... I know you're hosting the gala, so you yeah. just need to get this right. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the whole introduction. Money, money, welcome from London. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it is just this really bracing, brilliant, <laughs> I've lost Chris, this really oh, uh, <laughs> bracing, brilliant, like, fully formed debut like you you kind of watch it and you can't quite believe this is the first film she's made because her voice as a filmmaker is just there right in front of you and it is about a trio of teenage girls who go on holiday to Malia um it's they've just finished school they're just about to go on to college uh, well some of them are uh and it's about this very boozy sticky sweltering heated uh, holiday that they go on and uh, some things go horribly wrong but it's all, all kinds of shades of being a young person and being at a certain point in your life uh, and it's just amazing and I'm so so pleased that we get to throw our weight behind something like this and champion it from the ground up and be there for the start of what I'm sure is just going to be an amazing journey for her and uh, Mia McKenna Bruce as well who was the star of the film is just absolutely blinding like she's a, she's not from is she from London? Me and kind of be from London. Um, <laughs> I think they're both from London. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of triple barrel names on on this yeah, film, so which I keep getting confused with. Yeah, <laughs> but she's great. And very excitingly, uh, they're all going to be there. So we're going to have the whole gang. There's going to be six of them plus Molly, and it's going to be uh, a real roller coaster of names. I've got I've got announced the all, so that's going to be yeah. brilliant. But it's it's just going to be such a blast, and I'm so so excited that we're going to be there for that. That's going to be on Tuesday the 10th uh, at BFA South Bank and I'm just absolutely gassed uh, that we get to do that so that's really exciting there's just great British cinema I think this this year they always do you know if you can you can rely on LFF to do something really well it's get British cinema the best of British um, you know it's it's always a bit tough because it's tailing Cannes it's tailing TIFF it's tailing Venice so a lot of the big boys have been put out there already but in terms of like British cinema they really do smash it and this year they've got you know Saltburn open the festival uh this week if if we're talking in terms of uh that and that's Emerald for now we've got um the kitchen closing which is Daniel Kaluuya producing and co-writing I think off the top of mm-hmm. my head that's right, yeah. uh Kibwe Tavares uh is directing this is his directorial debut and it's this amazing looking dystopian um London set film they're both from London as well by the way Daniel Kaluuya uh, from London Daniel Kaluuya from London uh, <laughs> Sorry, to me, he's always Daniel Kaluuya from Skins. Forever. Skins, yeah. Posh Kenneth, always. Do you know what? Do you want to hear something really funny? Another another Beth story is I actually sat on the overground next to Daniel Kaluuya when he was coming home from the premiere of that film. Did you high five him? Did you touch his back? <laughs> I did both at once, guys. I did both at once. I gave him an amazing double high five and then a single high five and then I touched his peck with the other hand. So we did oh, all of that on the overground. Nice. Wow. <laughs> but do you know what? It was really, I had a real moment when I, 
because obviously that happened. So I sat next to my movie and I was like, there's Daniel Kriya in a tux. And then I just hmm. had such a wonderful um, kind of full circle moment when I was, I, I went to opening night a few years ago when it was Widows that opened the Steve McQueen film, which is extraordinary. And I just remember walking past him on the red carpet, having a real moment because that was after Get Out as well. So he'd really gone out into the stratosphere and it was just so nice to walk past him and everyone wanted to chat to him. Everyone wanted to get to know him. And I was like, I remember him. We sat next to each other on the overground. <laughs> I very much doubt you're getting the overground home tonight. Like it's just, <laughs> and I think LFF is just such a nice marker for stuff like that, you know, and now he's back and he's using his position to, you know, champion new filmmakers and he's behind the scenes now helping out. And I just think that festival is just a really great way. Like I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, coming back in a few years and maybe Molly Manning Walker's done like a massive thing or, you know, it's just such a great way to to keep track of, filmmakers and celebrate British British talent really. I never see anyone famous on the tube. I do a lot, actually. Who was the last one? Who's the politician that ate the bacon sandwich? Uh, Ed Miliband. There we go, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the last one. I don't know if he's a celebrity. Anyway, we digress. But yeah, Daniel Clear on the overground was definitely <laughs> definitely the best. Sounds like an amazing game of Cluedo. It was, it was Daniel Kaluuya on the overground with the hard peck. Uh, all right, real quick, uh, Ben, Sophie, do you want to throw any more films into that? I mean, there's so many here. I mean, Sophie very helpfully has uh, compiled a list of some of the films that are going to be of interest for people. And we haven't even mentioned, like, have we mentioned Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget? Well, only in my opening. But if you're talking about Best of British, then you're quite <laughs> right there. Yeah, it's a big year for bird-based animations at the LFF. Yeah, mm. it is. Um, the sequel, obviously, to the 2000 Chicken Run. Um, absolute pillar of my childhood. I don't know about anyone else. But I um, was obsessed with that film as a kid, so I'm very, very excited to see it come back. If you uh, check out the latest issue of Empire, you can read my set report when I went on set of Chicken Run, Donald the Nugget, and I visited Ardman, and I got <sighs> to see them do the stop motion. I'm fascinated by set visits to stop motion animation places. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was there for a year. I saw them yeah. shoot five seconds. <laughs> it was incredible. I saw one frame, but, um, you know. They said, Sophie, cool. please get off the set. It's made from clay. Stop standing on the set. <laughs> <laughs> is it literally so that squishy. you go on set of these things and you watch one person just just press like move an arm and you go right that's it bye <laughs> kind of kind of i got a really nice tour kind of. i learned lots of stuff um yeah other i mean we've got all of us strangers which is andrew haig that's um a yes. really beautiful sort of drama starring paul meskell and um andrew scott I mean, Steve McQueen, you mentioned there, Beth, he's coming back with Occupied City, which is his documentary about the Holocaust, right? Um, mm. Which um, I haven't seen, but I very much want to. Um, so it's great to see that he's coming back. I mean, like you say, there's tons of British talent. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of other standouts for me, uh, The Holdovers, the Alexander Payne film The Holdovers is another one that I saw out in TIFF, and it is so deeply wonderful. Uh, this is a film set over Christmas at a fancy boarding school, and uh, it's about the kids who, for whatever reason, can't go home to see their parents over the school holidays. And so grumpy teacher Paul Giamatti has to stay at the school to look after specifically this one 
teenage boy, this unruly teenage boy, and the cook at the school is also staying over Christmas. And it's this just wonderful, lovely, really funny, warm, but quite spiky Christmas set movie about three lonely people forced to spend time together and how they kind of impact each other through these couple of weeks where they're just trapped in this school altogether. Uh, It is such a delight and honestly feels like the sort of thing that might become a Christmas staple to watch uh, every year going forward, Uh, like a very different sort of Christmas movie. It's not like, hey, here's Santa Claus's brother and he's trying to take over the factory. (laughs) We've had a lot of those kind of Christmas movies. Uh, This is a very different sort of Christmas film and I absolutely (laughs) loved it. So a huge recommend on that. And also... I don't know how many of us here have seen it yet, but Scorsese, man, Killers of the Flower Moon, Woo! just he does not miss. He is on an incredible run. You look at Wolf of Wall Street and then Silence and then The Irishman and now this. He is on a yeah an incredible run of very, very intentioned films, very powerful films. Killers of the Flower Moon hits in such a huge way and you get... De Niro and DiCaprio together, yes, that is a huge deal. But Lily Gladstone in this film is, she will destroy you uh, in all the ways. And yeah, if, if you already know about Scorsese. You already know about Killers of the Flower Moon, but it's at the LFF. And if you are in one of those screenings, you're in for such a treat. You really are. It's a cracking, cracking lineup. It's another cracking year for the LFF. Um in partnership with American Express. And uh, I think on that note, let's bring this to an end because we all have screenings to go to, <laughs> mainly. <laughs> <laughs> and interviews to do and all kinds of things as well. This has been an absolute pleasure. If, of course, you want to find out more about the LFF, you can go to whatson.bfi.org.uk to buy tickets to see what ticket availability there is because a lot of these screens obviously are sold out. But tickets do become available at the last minute. So if you want to see Hitman, for example, Give it your best shot. You mm. never know. You never know. Uh, in the meantime, all that remains for me to say is thank you and goodbye to my three colleagues of such lethal cunning, Beth Webb of Swindon. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Sophie Butcher of Middlesbrough. Goodbye. Ben Travis of Nottingham. Hello, goodbye. I still have a couple of tickets left for my screening of Fast 7 on the unofficial Vin Diesel strand <laughs> of the LFF at my house. Um, it didn't mean to sound as creepy as it oh, does, but if you want to watch Fast 7, <laughs> it, let me know. It did, though. <laughs> ben will feel your pecs. He will, he will, yeah. he will, yeah, he wants to do that. He wants to make that happen. <laughs> this is Ben's way of legitimizing what is, quite frankly, a fairly shonky practice. <laughs> <laughs> I regret opening this doorway That's goodbye from me, Chris Hewitt of Banbridge It's time for me to run, run away Run all the way, all the way To the LFF Thanks for listening, see you next time Bye bye <laughs> <laughs>